and it's the fourth Monday of the month, and that means that we have a visit from uh, Dr. Jonathan Sanford, the president uh, of University of Dallas. Of course, busy time for all Catholic universities, all universities, because school is starting up again, and he has a special guest that he has brought into studio. I'm so delighted to meet Father Joseph Paul Albin, uh, the Dominican priest, the new chaplain of the University of Dallas. Dr. Sanford, good to see you. Great to see you, Dave. Thanks for having me on again. And indeed, it is an exciting time. We welcomed our largest incoming class to campus last Friday. Um, our, our freshmen um, have been oriented, and tomorrow we have the Mass of the Holy Spirit, and on Wednesday classes begin. So there's a lot of vitality and energy on campus. Yeah, it must be so exciting. This yeah. is your first uh, beginning of a school year as president, that's, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah, and, yeah. And um, I, I've been thinking of, of our work at the University of Dallas as, as a new springtime. I know it's fall, and and uh, almost fall. Yeah. Uh, still feeling the, the Texas heat these days, but, <laughs> but it's a new springtime coming out out of, of uh, kind of a fraught period with COVID yeah. and, and um, the eagerness in these new students is mm-hmm. remarkable to see. Yeah, they, well, I know several of the new students, and they're all excited. And I saw pictures on Facebook of them, you know, driving, getting out of their car and going on campus, and mm-hmm. uh, very exciting. And uh, I did was not aware that uh, there's a new chaplain of the university. That, I'm delighted right. that he's in studio with us. Yeah, so I'm, it, it's my great pleasure to, to welcome Father Joseph Paul Albin, who is. Um, a member of the Order of Preachers. He has been an ordained priest for about a year, a little bit more than a year. And he replaces Father Thomas Moore, um, Barba, who had been here for four years and is building on the, on the good work that Father Thomas Moore did. And I thought it would be a great opportunity to let Father Joseph Paul talk about his work. He was here last year as the assistant chaplain, assistant director of campus ministry, assistant rector of the church, um, and, Assistant of um, everything, right? Yeah. <laughs> and and um, one one of his major tasks this past year was was integrating focus missionaries into the life of of uh, campus ministry on oh, campus, wow. and he continues that this year. So, welcome to the show, Father Joseph Paul. I feel very welcomed. <laughs> Glad <laughs> to be here. You know, I I uh, you, you've you've got a tall order. You're you're over um, campus ministry, as I was just saying. We have the Church of the Incarnation on campus. You're the rector of that church, and you're also the chaplain for the university. How how do those parts all fit together? I think all of them fit together in that uh, I am here to, to serve the sacramental and pastoral needs of everyone on campus, including all of our visitors. Anyone that, that you know steps foot on the campus is someone that I believe I'm uniquely called to serve. And so uh, whether I am, you know, at mass and the confessional meeting with students one-on-one or just being kind to passers-by as I walk through our campus. Uh, I think that's my ministry is mm-hmm. to everyone that, that comes on campus. And so I don't, I don't really see them even as separate jobs. If I'm mm-hmm. quite honest, I, I'm, I'm never not a priest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so in that way, I just, I try to bring, you know, my, my joy as a Dominican and, mm-hmm. you know, my, my priestly life into all that I do. And so, uh, and we're blessed that we live, you know, five minutes down the hill. Mm-hmm. Uh, so seven minutes in this heat, but yeah. <laughs> normally five minutes down the mm-hmm. hill. Yeah. And so uh, I feel very integrated into campus. And mm-hmm. yeah, 
Great. Yeah, our listeners may not know that we have a priory on campus. It's it's a little bit up the hill from where Holy Trinity Seminary is, and and of course we've got the Cistercian Abbey across the street. But we've we've had we've had Dominican priests on campus for for many years now, and and of course we also have Dominican sisters. The Congregation of Saint Cecilia teach for us, and we're working on building a, a convent for them. So um, before we we get into some elements of of your projects for this year, um, the projects is the right word when we're talking about um, the, uh, helping to to foster the salvation of souls. Um, how, how was it that you became a priest? There's a, a phrase by Dorothy Day that I think I hold on to quite tightly. She says. Uh, in her first book, The Long Loneliness, that she felt that she was haunted by God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I felt like for most of my young life, I didn't enter religious life until I was 29, that I, I tried to outrun the good Lord. Uh, <laughs> I tried very hard. I, I was working in campus ministry. I was, you know, in the church doing those things. But but the vocation seemed to really keep coming knocking. And I thought, Lord, this can't possibly be for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not holy enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. Uh, but it seems that the Lord really doesn't care about your qualifications when he calls you. <laughs> Instead, <laughs> that when you're called to minister in a certain way, that the Lord will pursue you uh, through friends, through family, in your own prayer life, in your own contemplation. Uh, a very good friend of mine told me, he's like, all you do is talk about religious life. How come you're not actually pursuing it? Mm-hmm. Uh, and kind of knocked knocked me out of my chair. And I said, you know, I really need to to get serious about this. And so after working in campus ministry for, oh, I don't know, six or seven years, uh, finally took the plunge and decided to, to start seriously discerning, got a spiritual director. And for me, it was it was between the Dominicans and the Jesuits. I was at a Jesuit school. I think Ignatian spirituality has offered so many incredible fruits to the church. But I I needed the accountability and joy of a robust community life. I wanted mm-hmm. to pray the Psalter with brothers. I wanted to to chant the psalms uh, mm-hmm. and and that juxtaposed uh, or complemented by the intellectual tradition in the order and then also being called to preach i think mm-hmm. the world needs preachers and so mm-hmm. the world's needs met up with my desires and uh, eventually it felt really foolish not to enter yeah yeah so the, the, you you talk of uh, the dominicans in a in a particular way they're called to preach and um, they also have a, um, a particular way of thinking about the relationship between faith and reason, which is, um, I, I think, quite helpful for how we at the University of Dallas conceive of, of our work, particularly as, as educators, right? We're, we're engaged in this ongoing dialogue between faith and reason. And it, it's one that, that St. Pope John Paul II articulated so well in Fides et Ratio and also even in, in Ex Forte Ecclesiae. Um, these these two paths to God are so often presented as though they are opposed to each other. And um, what John Paul II has argued is not only are they not opposed, not only are they um, in some ways complementary, but you can't even have full use of reason without some recourse to faith, which is a, in some ways a surprising argument. But maybe not to a Dominican, and <laughs> and um, you know particularly when when one thinks of, uh, of Albertus Magnus or Thomas Aquinas. But how how do you how do you uh, think of of that relationship between faith and reason, and how does that inform your your uh, your approach to your priesthood and and your work? 
I think in the simplest way, uh, Dominicans have a, a healthy and holy curiosity about all things. Mm-hmm. And so you, you know, you mentioned, uh, St. Albert the Great, Albertus Magnus. Uh, he was known for, you know, picking up rocks and bringing them home and trying to figure out exactly what they were and, and was so interested in the natural world as part of God's revelation that for him, that that couldn't be separated, that the natural world spoke to him and said, this is something of the kingdom. This is something that God has given us that we can use our intellect. We can use that reason mm-hmm. to better understand and that that will bring us back more deeply into faith. And I think as Dominicans, we want to be ready to to engage in conversation about whatever is currently going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, for so many young people, there's there's so many things going on in the world right now when it comes to just, uh, I mean, the the subjects are too numerous. But but to to not be able to have a reasonable answer that's also based in the faith, I I think. Is, is something a Dominican would fear. Right. And we're, we're very comfortable saying, I don't know. But when a Dominican says, I don't know, he then goes home and gets a book and begins to learn so that the next time that question comes up, mm-hmm. that we can actually answer it. And so I think for me, it's, it's all about that healthy and holy curiosity. Mm-hmm. How is God revealing himself through the intellect, through, you know, through the will, through all of these ways that we actually encounter the world and then are moved to do something about it? Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. Um, so w- when you think about your your ministry at the University of Dallas, um, what 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 stands out to you as being of principal significance to your your work? What 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 is your your aim your your goal? Uh, those are also quite numerous. All of them, I think, encapsulated in, in the salvation of souls, right? Like, I want, I want everyone to be able to walk towards God together. And, and we're supposed to walk together, you know, mm-hmm. where two or three are gathered. And with that in mind, I think, specifically, one of the things I think a number of people in our, our younger generation struggle with is just building relationships, be they friendships or serious dating relationships. And so one of the things I really want to do, um, and just the speakers we bring in, the kind of conversations we have in our men's and women's ministries, is how do we build those healthy and holy friendships? You know, mm-hmm. Aquinas reflects on friendship deeply in the Suma, as you well know, and, and you know, uses it also as a way to describe our relationship with God. Right. And so we know that friendship is something core to just existing and being and having a happy and full life. And I think for so many of our young people, especially after this last year mm-hmm. of isolation, um, but also I think just with some of their connections when it comes to how they interpret the world mm-hmm. uh, through through technology and whatnot, I'm like, let's get back to being human. Yeah, no, it's, 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 um, th- those are significant challenges, right? The isolation and then some of the, the, um, um, modes of engagement through social media, which, which are profoundly alienating. I, w- I was talking to our incoming students in, in, um, one of the gatherings on Friday and, and I was telling them that one of the virtues of the education that we provide is learning how to argue without quarreling. Um, and I said, that's different than that. You'll learn to say, I think you're wrong and here's why. But that's fundamentally different from saying you're wrong because you're an idiot. And, and when you, when you look at Twitter and, um, other modes of, of engagement, um, those ad hominems are, are paramount, it seems. So, um, helping, helping students get past that. And then there's just a lot of confusion about 
what what it means to be a human being and what it is to flourish. Um, you put all of the stresses of this past year on top of of a kind of unhealthy individualism and and a, an orientation towards maximizing one's personal preferences. And it, it, you know, we've got a lot of work to do. Uh, we, we tend to attract students who are already well formed, but that doesn't mean that they're immune to these, these, um, modes of, of thought because they're, they're so, um, ubiquitous in, in our culture today. Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. I mean, when it comes to just how we identify as people, uh, what that, what that actually means, because our identity is in Christ, right? Uh, before anything else, our identity is in Christ. And teaching people that that everyone fundamentally has dignity, even those that you disagree with, mm-hmm. uh, to be able to treat the people. Um, and there's things that as Christians we're allowed to disagree about. Mm-hmm. There are things that we're allowed to have different opinions about, but you still have to come to your to those people. And I think having friends that you disagree with, uh, I think, makes you a better and holier person. You, mm-hmm. I think those relationships are often sanctifying mm-hmm. because you find out, that humanity is is this diverse, beautiful thing that God has created. You know, mm-hmm. and that we're all, it's it's all an image of God. And so, I fear that sometimes we we think everything can be done in a sound bite. You mm-hmm. know that, uh, and if you're behind a, a computer screen, behind a you know your cell phone, uh, you're much more comfortable with taking away someone else's humanity. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot harder to do when you're you know seated together at dinner and actually discussing something that you're both passionate about, even if you're not on the same page. Yeah. Like the interpretation of Homer um, or, or Aristotle. I mean, that's, that's, where, that's where those initial disagreements will, will come to the fore, and it's good to practice on those classical texts. Indeed. Um, so the, 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 the work of cultivating friendship, um, the, the work of, of um, Presenting to students opportunities to uh, draw closer to our our Lord. I mean, we've got two masses on campus every day. We've got confession several times a week. Eucharistic adoration will begin once we have enough enough people to to sign up. What what other kinds of activities? Um, I mean, you're you're principally responsible for those things and and many more. So. Yeah. Um. I mean, we have our our men's society. Mm-hmm. Uh. You know, I think. Men are in desperate need of, of friendship and figuring out what it means to actually be an adult, an adult man in mm-hmm. this world. And so we try to foster that through having some great speakers. Uh, for example, yourself, Dr. Sanford is one of our speakers <laughs> this year. Um, but we're having a, a number of people come to actually just talk to our young men about what that looks like. We have our Blessed is She group, which is our women's ministry where, where women learn about that, you know, that holy sisterhood in Christ and the, the feminine genius and what it, what it means to actually be a woman made in the image and likeness of God. In addition, we have a number of retreats. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're excited to actually have retreats this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have our, our incoming student retreat, our Genesis retreat. We have an awakening retreat. And then we also have our focus missionaries mm-hmm. who reach out to our students and engage them, um, primarily in relationship and friendship and then I think part of that and one of their main ways of doing that is engaging in scripture. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they actually read and pray with the Bible together um, mm-hmm. as young people. And I think sometimes uh, we're afraid to just enter into the text of scripture alone. And so to have a community to do that with mm-hmm. is a great value. And so there, there's all of that. And then spiritual direction and, mm-hmm. you know, tasks as a sign. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I, I've given you a few of those already. So so the the um, the focus missionaries, you know, it, we were talking um, 
recently about the fact that some people think of them as sort of separate from the University of Dallas. And of course, the Fellowship of Catholic University Students is its own organization. But but they're 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 serving under you as the director of of campus ministry, and and you're striving to integrate their work with with the, the other things that you mentioned. So, um, if you could explore the the complementarity a little bit um, of of their work with with other activities. So one of the things that that Focus has that I think really helps the school well is that they have radical availability. Mm-hmm. And so where I am blessed to to provide the, much of the sacramental life to the school, um, that means that I can't be at everything and go to everything. You know, mm-hmm. I, I need to be in the confessional. That's what God has called me to. So I'm, I'm right where I should be. Mm-hmm. But that means that uh, I'm not going to be at swing club or I'm not going to mm-hmm. be at, at all the rugby games. I'm not going to be able to be in all of those places. And so the radical availability of our focus missionaries allows them to meet the students where they are. And one of the big things they really do is help a lot of the students move from, um, I'm not sure what to call this, but, you know, kind of the, the check the box Catholicism. I go to mass every Sunday. I go to confession twice a year. I'm, I'm pretty good to move into that, that real discipleship, into mm-hmm. that, that real relationship with Jesus that, that reminds us who we are and, directs our entire life. Mm-hmm. You know, what one one thing and I didn't uh prepare you sufficiently for this question. <laughs> so, but I I I I sometimes wonder uh or try to put myself into the shoes of one of the religious on campus. You know, I mentioned before we 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 have the Cistercians, we've got Dominican Sisters, National Dominicans, we've got the the Order of Preachers, Southern Province. We've we've got men in formation through the Redemptorist Mater um Seminary, and uh, they do all of their their theology and, and masters of divinity with us. We've got Holy Trinity Seminary, so there's diocesan um, um, and and these other communities. Um, uh, what is 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 there a sort of inside baseball uh, mode of being when you're engaging with those who who've um, accepted the vocation um, to to serve as a priest, but are 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 doing so in a in a different in a different way. So what, what's it like to be a religious amongst other religious who are not in your community? So religious life is is a beautiful calling, and I ask every young person to, to at least consider it. But it's also peculiar. I mean, we have a very specific way that we live. And so there's a blessing in having other people that, that can immediately understand uh, just certain aspects of your life that, that most people in lay life have not experienced. Mm-hmm. Um Probably uh, similar to you can probably talk about marriage with other married men in a way that I will never be able to, right? And so to be able to, to talk to the other religious about their experience on campus, but then also to be able to talk to them about their experience in their convents and in their rectories and and what that actually looks like and feels like is is a great blessing. And so there is a way in which I think among religious we there's there's a base knowledge of how we live mm-hmm. that communicates very easily and so it's it's a and it's a great blessing to be able to be around other religious mm-hmm. um our novices are actually you know taking uh, a scripture class with uh, one of the cistercians and mm-hmm. so to be able to kind of borrow from one another from the richness of our different traditions uh, mm-hmm. within the church and to be able to to work together because at the end of the day we're all on the same team right. you know we're all right. we're all working for the lord uh-huh. so yeah you know another thing that your your community 
does is is you support the University of Dallas Sarah Club, which has been meeting twice a month on on campus for an early morning mass and and then a breakfast and and focused prayer, um, trying to to uh, revive or or encourage vocations, not just to the Dominicans, um, but hmm. but to, whether to diocesan or, or religious life. Um, where where could our listeners go to learn more about the work of um, campus ministry at the University of Dallas and, and the activities connected to the Church of the Incarnation? So we are, I think, pretty good at uh, maintaining our website. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's through the udallas.edu, and you can just search Church of the Incarnation if you don't want to try to find your way there. Mm-hmm. And and when you get there, it, it lists all of the groups that we sponsor, all of the student activities, all the mass times, all the confession times. And so if you want to get involved with the Sarah Club or any other, you know, group that is based in campus, um, that's the place to go. That's where, where we keep most of the information. You're also always, you can always call us. Yeah. Uh, you know, we have student workers that are at the desk nine to five, Monday through Friday. So, yeah. uh, and they, they should know when everything is, and if they don't, they'll find out. <laughs> so, you know, I, I mentioned this because unlike other campus ministries at, at other Catholic universities, our, our church, the Church of the Incarnation, is is more than just a campus church. Um, it, it, it's always been open to visitors from uh, the, the wider community and is in a I, – I, I, I'm hesitant to describe the canonical status, but it's somewhere in between a full-blown parish and just a, a university chapel. And um, um, the activities that are um, engaged in there on top of the liturgical are, are sometimes open to, to others. And so, too, are opportunities to express support, uh, financial and, and otherwise, to, to the ongoing work of uh, of um Campus ministry at the University of Dallas. Yeah, I think a lot of uh, a lot of our people come there for you know the liturgy. Uh, I hope they come for the preaching. And I think one of the main reasons they come is I, I think they see the vitality of the young people, our students there, and are and are vivified by it and want to be part of the mission of helping young people live their faith, come closer to Christ, and they can see just in coming to mass um, how many young people are at mass. I mean, I think a lot of churches. Um, you know, we, I talked with the Nashville sisters last year, the vocation director came and she was like, you normally have a hundred people at a daily mass? And I said, yeah, most of the time. And she was mm. like, do you realize that that's not normal? <laughs> you know, and I was like, I, I've kind of forgot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's wonderful. And it looks like we're running up against time. Um, I was getting some signals from Dave. Yeah, we, so. uh, we have some wiggle room to, uh, to close out when we, we want to, but okay. in order to meet the next show, we'll probably need to start wrapping things up. Okay. Fascinating conversation, though. I've enjoyed it very much. Great, great. Um, well, uh, Dave, do you ever go to Mass at uh, the Church of the Incarnation on campus? I have, yes, a number of times, mm-hmm. yes. Okay. I haven't been there recently, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I well, have. Well, we, we have a new director of music, and and he's he's been... Um, working with more and more students. It, what I always love is, is once the semester begins, you start seeing students in the choir more often doing the readings, serving mm-hmm. as, as, um, um, servers at the mass. And, and it, it really is encouraging to see, particularly when, when you show up for daily mass and, and there are so many young people there. And they, confession too, right? Yeah, is confession. often offered, uh, some days, all days? We offer confession four days a week. Yeah. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, two to three, and Saturday, 10.30, 11.30. And 
you can always call or email me, and if I have time, I will make it. <laughs> and we, we have a few other priests who help out on campus, um, so including including um, somebody who's at the seminary, Father Kevin Wilwert, um, and uh, Father Don Dvorak, Father Don uh, Dvorak. one of the previous yeah. chaplains who um, is still still chugging along and still helping and still saying mass. Two chaplains ago, right? Two chaplains <laughs> ago. Yeah, yeah. Wonderful. Well, thanks so much, Father Joseph Paul. Thank you for your work. Thank you for your ministry and uh, the ways in which you're you're touching so many souls. Thank you. Yeah, great segment. Thank you. Uh, thanks for being here. It's great to have you in studio again, Father Joseph Paul Albin, Dominican priest and the new chaplain and rector of University of Dallas and the Church of the Incarnation. Dr. Jonathan Sanford, thank you again for being here. We'll see you next month. 